Coach Carroll mastered programming guys' minds to practice. Practice was everything. Always compete. These words was drilled in our brains. I don't believe that there are enough black head coaches in the NFL. If you want to touch that or you want to leave it alone. For some reason, we was just going back and forth these days. Just trash talking, this doing that. <laughs> Sharn picked off rough. A full bone fight breaks out. I got a bone to pick with our producers. Oh. I turned on the YouTube last night. I had this tight white shirt on, right? <laughs> My belly looked like it was hanging off the, on the table. I know the producers seen that. Hey. How he let me wear that tight ass white shirt? Bro, wait a minute. My bad. I should have told you last time because it'll go to episode one. And I got the belly showing with the white t-shirt. I no. said, I said, never again. I had to text the producer. I said, I don't know if you see what I see, but this uh, cut up you just sent me, I yeah. need you to go re-edit yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Cause I can't be looking like uh, the nutty professor with my belly back down about to hit the table. Well, I just spilling some water real here, real quick. Yeah. But uh, uh, okay, okay, real, real quick, let's talk about current day and what is happening. I'm a little concerned. Now, the Seahawks have been killing it. They, they killed it during the season. Mm -hmm. They killed it. If y'all see this water on here, I got some water on there, so don't be tripping, right? They killed it during the season last season. They killed it during uh, the beginning of the offseason with free agency. Mm -hmm. Bobby is back and all those things. And then in the draft, they absolutely killed it. I'm like, okay, okay. And then you said, you said, hmm, all they got to do was cool, you know what I'm saying? Let's see what's happening with Puna Ford. Mm -hmm. Let's see what's happening with Al Woods. KJ, I'm nervous because Al Woods is going to be a New York Jet and Puna Ford is going to be a Buffalo Bill. What's going on? Just like that. Two dudes that put together a really good body of work in their career. Puna, one of my favorite guys to play with. Okay. I love me some Puna Ford. He's that guy that's going to be in the middle, get penetration, make TFLs. Puna is a dog in my eyes. And obviously Big Al, we're talking about 14, 15 years. Big Al, we're talking during practice, just hold them dudes up. Yeah. And I'm going to go make the tackle. He like, big dog, I got you. I could count on a big Al to make it happen for me, and both these dudes is gone. And when I look at who we have, Jay Reed. Love Jay Reed. Don't know much about the new dude, Jones. He paid. I don't know much about him. And behind him. But, but, but real quick, though, I, I just want to pay homage to Jay Reed mm -hmm. and what he does. And, 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 and Jones is just coming in from Denver. I don't believe that those two are doing exactly what we kind of want. Jay Reed is going to get upfield, mm -hmm. right? Jones is going to get upfield. Mm -hmm. You need that guy that's going to stop this two gap, right? That's going to sit there and hold. You need, that, you need that dude that's like, you are not climbing up to my linebacker. That's what I'm saying. You are not getting up to this second level. I'm going to hold this line of scrimmage, and I'm going to do my part. We don't, I, we don't have that right So what do you think happened? What do you think happened? You you told me you love playing with Big Al. Mm -hmm. You told me that Puna Ford, you said, G, before we came on camera, you said, G, Puna Ford is good. So if Puna Ford is good and you love playing with Big Al, then what happened? That's a management question. It's something that's it's not too late to address. Here we are where we in May. It's not too late to address. There may be a trade that may need to happen. And Dominic and Sue is still out there. He still want to play ball? I mean, don't he always? Yeah, he can play. Yeah, he can play. <laughs> don't he always? And, and I'm telling you this. Yeah. Every time training camp comes, 
it'd be something that crazy happens. Guys get cut, guys get released, trades happen around training camp going yeah. into the season time. So it is not too late to get addressed. But right now, obviously, we're not where we want to be. Um, so I don't think we worry. And we don't worry because we always hear about, talk about the culture that Pete mm. Carroll has created. Mm. The championship culture. And what I mean by championship culture, yes, they won a Super Bowl, but they have been sustaining greatness for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about culture, I think you can break down the culture in different facets. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we got all day to talk about all of the different things, but I want to talk about practice. Allen Iverson, not the game, mm -hmm. but practice. What is it about practice with the Seahawks that makes everything so competitive because before Pete Carroll got there, no disrespect to uh, the, those Mora. previous, yep. Mora and, 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 and Mike Holmgren. Yep. I mean, that was more about offense and everything like that, and they were really good at what they did. A lot of the defense, you guys know how much I love you guys. You guys are great. I'm just talking about practice. It seems like it was just more heated with you guys. Ones on ones. Ain't nobody taking off battles. Gee, let me tell you this. Our practices looked like the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. That's what our practice looked like. We're talking full speed. We're talking 100%. And what Coach Carroll would do is he would put the highlights up during team meetings. So don't you think about getting exposed because he go, he's putting it up in the team meeting room. He puts matchups. Richard Sherman versus Jermaine Curse, K.J. Wright versus Luke Wilson, Bobby Wagner versus Robert Turbin. You want to talk about programming a dude's mind? Mm. <clears throat> this is what this man mastered. Coach Carroll mastered programming guys' minds to practice. Practice was everything. Always compete. These words was drilled in our brains. Practice is everything, always compete. And when we stepped on the football field as young rookies, young dudes trying to make the team? Yes, coach. Absolutely, coach. What do you need from me, coach? That's what we did. I want some stories. I ain't want to gossip, and you ain't heard it from me, but I heard, I heard that Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse used to eat up some of them DBs. Hold tight, hold tight. I, I ain't want to gossip. You ain't heard from me. Sherm, if you right. listening. Cam, if you listening. I'm just saying. Maxwell, if you listening. I heard them receivers used to eat up them DBs. This was the all-time primetime matchup. Doug Baldwin versus Jeremy Lane. <laughs> this was the matchup. And I love Jay Lane. This is my dog for life. But when Doug lined up against Jay Lane... He had some problems. <laughs> he had some problems. No one could cover Doug one-on-one. Nobody. Not a single person on this planet can, can cover Doug Baldwin one-on-one. When he isolated against you in that slot, think about it, we in the slot. You can go outside, inside, run a vertical. It's hard to cover dudes in the slot. And when Jay Lane went against Doug Baldwin, there was a primetime matchup. Everybody was glued in. What they about to do? It was Doug majority of the time. Really? It was Doug majority of the time. And I love my dog. Like, you my dog. But, but Doug is, is a beast. Who, 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 who was you covering the one-on-ones? We had to do pass rush and cover the tight ends. Oh, Zach Miller was eating you up. 
Zach Miller was eating you up. Okay, that's why Zach Miller got paid because he used to tear them linebackers up in practice. The matchup I looked forward to was I'm gonna entertain no no Zach Miller. The matchup I wanted was Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham used to eat them linebackers up. Monday Night Football. Jimmy Graham came into town. Oh, let's let's talk about it before Jimmy Graham. Jimmy came in come into town. Oh, when he's with the Saints. We didn't have a bounty, but we had a full-blown understanding that Jimmy Graham does not have a good game this game. If number 80 goes off and he catches it in your vicinity, we got a problem. Jimmy's flexing his muscles, <laughs> slam dunking the ball on the goalpost. We said, if we see this, we going to have a problem. <clears throat> and when Jimmy came here, he did get a touchdown. <laughs> and, and you remember when he scored. Doing these muscles. <laughs> we got to that sideline. So they said, hey, fellas, mm. this better not ever happen again. And he had a quiet game that, that game. A really quiet game that game. Turn on the tape. Mm. Turn on the tape. That's one person that would not get off on us was a Jimmy Graham. So before we get off the practices, oh, yeah. I want to go back to that because you told me that, you know, shout out to Jay lane Love Jay lane That's my dog. Doug used to do his thing in practice. What's the most memorable practice during that time when y'all was balling that you can think of right now? I mean, like right now, if I was sitting here hanging out with you, I'm, you know, I'm eating some sunflower seeds, you know what I'm saying? I want to ask you about any practices that has <laughs> happened in the past. What's the most memorable practice that you've ever been a part of? The most memorable practice was when Sherm picked off Russ. This isn't OTAs. Okay. This is no this ain't this ain't, this in OTAs. Okay. And we was everybody one for some reason we was just going back and forth these days, just trash talking, this doing that. <laughs> Sharn picked off Russ. This man runs back to the offensive side and just threw the ball at their feet. No one in particular. Okay. And it's like, dang. <laughs> Here come the receivers. Hey, bro, what you think you doing? What? Okay, okay. Sherman Sh backing down, obviously. Hey, man, what you think you doing? Yabba, 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 da 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 like, okay. I can't give you too much. I got I to gotta respect the code. But a few plays later, I'm not going to tell you between who. A full-blown full fight breaks out. Stuff going left and right here. And I'm like, oh my. <laughs> Gee, we supposed to be brothers. We supposed to love one another. Right. But what Coach Carroll did was he got us so hyped. He got us so dialed in. He got us like, guys, you got to practice now so it's easy on game day. And we bought all the way in. Mm. We, we bought all the way in to practice is everything. So those fights, if you will, in practice, those hard practices, when you guys got to the game, no disrespect. Oh, I mean, no. you guys were 13 and three. You saw what you did to the Denver Broncos. By the way, Denver, Denver, ain't y'all mad at what Seattle is continuing to do to y'all? Oh my goodness. What we do to them? Hockey. Everything. <laughs> y'all know what we doing. I, I, Avalanche, bless your heart. I hope y'all good. Who won the trade so far? What, what you, who won the trade? You want to go? Don't Who's going to win the trade? 
What trade? You talking about the, the, the trade from last year? We've already won the trade. We got. He can't. <laughs> got, if, yeah. if, if he brings him the Lombardi Trophy, then obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so let's let, let, let me. So almost like the games was walked through, huh? It was easy, G. Was it? G. The games were easy. We stepped on the field. We were just so connected. We were so dialed in to what this offense was going to do. There's nothing on offense that y'all are going to do that we're not prepared for. And we're going to play so fast, we're going to hit you. It's the same defense. Same. We ran the same plays. <laughs> this is signal right here. What, what, That's our what, signal. What, what, what's that? Phoenix, Boston. Both of them cover three. One's in base, one in, one in nickel. Okay. The same plays, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Because what we're going to do is we're going to adjust our cover three to whatever concepts you run. You want to try to flood the zone. You want to try to go four verts. You want to try to run. We practice everything. So there's nothing that you can do that we're not prepared for. There's nothing you can do that we cannot fix. Sherman would tell me during the game, KJ, I don't even, don't even look to my side. If I'm covering a scrub receiver, go do something else. I'm like, so you saying I don't got to buzz to the flat? He's like, Ken, go do something else. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Easy. I'll go spot a quarterback. I don't got to buzz. Right. We could do stuff like that during the game because I know Sherman locked down his side. Hey, KJ, if they do this, I'm going to do that. Right. Cool. We just had that connection. We just talked to each other. We loved each other so much. We just so dialed in to being great. So now here we are present day and there are a lot of people who look at the current defense and they say, mm, are we there yet? Are we getting close? And, and, and I do think that they're going to be better than they were last season, considering they were 30th against the run last season. What else does this current roster need to trend in the right direction for you? A few things. Let me write that down. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. A few things. First of all, G, what this team was blessed with was a fantastic personnel. The Jimmys, the Jimmys and the Joes makes the X's and the O's work, right? Say that again. The Jimmys and the Joes make the X's and the O's work. Understand that. And so, do they got guys? Absolutely. They got some dogs on this team. I believe Tariq is a dog. Quandre is a dog. Obviously, Bobby. A few guys up front. But we need to keep adding those pieces to the puzzle. They're, they're, they're ascending. They're, they're getting there. Okay. Were we in 2023? Yes. A few more years. We're going to talk like, that's it. I saw glimpses of it last year. Saw glimpses. Mm. I'm like, okay, keep keep climbing, keep climbing the ladder. They still building. Mm. Understand? They still building. Okay. So I need a few more dogs. And when I say dogs, do you know what I mean? Talk to me. You can't even explain it. You either got it or you don't. Can you can you develop it though? I, I, I'm asking. Can you? Uh, you, you said yeah. you either got it or you don't. And so so these young men that we see out there, I mean, how long does it take them to develop into the dog that you're discussing? It can be developed, yes. 
And it takes phenomenal coaching. It takes phenomenal leadership from the guys that have it to bring it out of those dudes. If you're a phenomenal player, if you are a pro bowler each and every year, it is your responsibility to create other guys like that. Mm. You can be great by yourself, but the really, really good ones bring out the best in their teammates. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so you can mm. just do your own thing, make your, make your all-pro, make your pro bowls. But when we talk about a legacy, when we're talking about just your name lasting a lifetime, you're creating other guys like yourself. Right. That's what I did very well. Let me give myself a pat on the back. I felt like I brought the best out of my teammates. Mm. Right? And does that does that occur from actually because I watch other NFL teams mm-hmm. and sometimes I look at some of these guys being selfish, right? They want to go and make this play and be a superstar, getting away mm-hmm. from the script and the team aspect of things. Is there a lot of times where people hurt the defense by trying to go be a superhero and not sticking to the script? What hurts the team is what, what you just said, guys that are selfish, guys that don't give the game that they know, right? I had linebackers come and try taking my job each and every year, G. But you know what I'm going to do? Hmm. Somebody bless me with game. I'm going to do the same for you. I got put on game as a young rookie coming in. Hey, young fella, do this with your body. Watch this type of film. Do that. 11-year career. It is my responsibility. Hey, young fella, I see this in you. You coming in at 7.50, mean start at 8. How much are you taking care of your body? What are you doing? I got to give back to the game. That's, that's a real legacy. We talk about Brandon Meebank, who, did, who doesn't get the, quite the credit he deserves. This man is, is a legend in my eyes because of how he invested into me. You ask my young pups coming underneath me, I hope they will say, hey, this man is a true OG because how he invested into me. Keep all this, shit, keep all this stuff to yourself if you want to. The real ones give back to the young pups. I'm glad you bring up Brandon Meebank. Because when, when the defense that you guys had, which was incredible, is talked about, I always feel like Mebane's name does not come up enough. But what's interesting is I feel that ever since Mebane has been gone, in my heart, I don't feel like he's ever been replaced. Mm-hmm. And you ask any dude that played on that defense, where did it all start? They say it started with number 92. That's the first thing David Hawthorne told me when I came on the scene. Peter! Because me, Bane was holding out my rookie year. He's like, hey, man, I know we looking okay now, but wait till me, Bane come back. I'm like, who is, I don't know, who is me, Bane? He's like, wait till me, Bane come back. And I watched that dude for all the years control the line of scrimmage. Mm. Tell me what play was coming. Tell me how to take care of myself. Tell me what type of messages to receive and not receive. And he did it in a real smooth OG way. That's, that's, that's legacy right there. That's importance right there. And not a single Pro Bowl, not a single All-Pro, not a single Top 100. But without him, we're not talking about a Super Bowl for this football team. Legacy comes up a lot. And you just brought up legacy. I know that guys, as they start to get older later on in their careers, they are a little concerned about legacy. What will it be like? What will people, what will be the lasting impression? You know, the crazy thing is, is 
the NFL comes down to this. What was your last play? Because a lot of times that's really <laughs> what your legacy is. But, but at the same time, legacy does continue after the game. Just some guys don't know that. When did legacy start to be a thing for you? Mm-hmm. Or what is a real legacy? And when is that something that you thought about? Let me tell you, let me tell you what happened to me. Um, it was my last year as a Seattle Seahawk. One of my teammates come up to me. He said, KJ, he was like, why don't you ever make the Pro Bowl? He said, he, he looked at me, he's like, KJ, why don't you ever make the Pro Bowl? And I looked at him and I said, bro, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you a personal struggle that I had. I had like a, a why not me moment each and every year. I would play so good. I would be dominant, doing my job, making my tackles, making my interceptions. But each and every year when Pro Bowl votes came around, all Pro votes came around, nothing. It bothered you? Did it. And I had people, I'm going to talk about you real quick. KJ, you got to celebrate more. KJ, you got to talk more junk. You got to draw attention to yourself. You weren't the only one that said that. He was like, man, you got to do this. Like, people don't know about you. And I thought about it, and I asked myself the question. I said, KJ, is that you? Is, is, is that your personality? Is that your style? And one thing that I'm thankful for, G, was that I stayed true to myself. In the midst of not getting what I wanted from external forces. And so when you talk about a legacy, I believe that when you look at myself, the one thing that I can sleep good at night is that when you ask any of my teammates, what did KJ Wright mean to you? They better have nothing but positive and great stuff to say about me because I felt like I helped my teammates achieve their goals. Mm. I felt like I helped my teammates get their money, helped them get their accolades. And so when it came to me, I had that moment each and every year. Damn, am I, am I good enough? Do I deserve to be on this football field? And I asked myself, should I, should I do that? Should I get outside of my character to, to draw this attention to me so people see me? Right. But my question is, who are you doing it for? Where, where is your motivation coming from? And I'm glad I stayed true to myself. I've talked to a lot of guys <clears throat> over the years and in doing so I won't call them out by name and there's some guys who never did make the Pro Bowl but their contribution to the team was so important and it's so subjective I've learned on who makes it and who don't a lot of times it is name recognition right and I think in the case of of you by the way you did end up making that Pro Bowl, though. Shout out to you. You snuck in, right? Oh, right. Yeah. But, but, okay, well, real quick. When you finally made that Pro Bowl and you found out about it, what was your reaction? Coach Carroll called me. Really? What did he say? <laughs> I was in, what was I? I was at the VMAC. Okay. Leaving the parking lot. He's like, hey, what you doing, man? Nothing at work. Like, what Coach Carroll? First of all, where you, why Coach Carroll calling me? <laughs> the season over. I was like, okay, what's up, Coach? Like, hey, man, how you feel about going to Orlando for the Pro Bowl? 
I was happier than uh, <laughs> I was happy. You're right, right. I was happy. I'm like, absolutely. And I was having a conversation with my grandma a couple of years ago. She's like, she's like, baby, she was like, you know, you don't got to worry about that Pro Bowl stuff. You know, you, you're a Pro Bowl in my eyes. Don't, you don't got to care about stuff. I said, Grandma, I love you. <laughs> With that being said, if it's out there, I want to go get it. If it's out there, if this man beside me getting it and he ain't putting up the numbers I'm putting up, if he ain't having the impact I'm having, that should be mine. Mm. And so I just had this internal battle like, Dang, I know I'm doing good, but why not me? Right. So, what's the evolution now? Like, I know guys get into the league, and what what's the most important thing? I would assume the most important thing for these rookies as they're coming in, mm-hmm. and for these first, second year players is look <laughs> before those Pro Bowls, before all the money. I'm just trying to make sure I belong. Absolutely. That's that's, that's probably the the first one. Absolutely. And there's two types of motivation, G. There's external motivation and there's internal motivation. Mm, Explain that. That external motivation is all the stuff that comes from the outside. The accolades, the money, the praise on the back from other people. That does feel good. Don't get me wrong. That, That feels good. Getting praised when you're walking down and, and Starbucks and you get a free coffee. It's like, oh, you did such a great job. Keep it going. That's cool. Okay. But that internal motivation that I want to be the best of the best. Right. When I step on this field, these 70,000 people, I'm going to put on a show for them because of the amount of work I put in, for how talented I am, how much I studied. I want to be the best because of that last name. On the back of my jersey. Right? That's the internal motivation. That is what sustains you over the duration of your career. The, the, in, the internal motivation. When you, when, you, when you feel that disrespect, y'all done pissed me off. Y'all done pissed me off. I'm about to come and, and show myself and the worst of the world. So take us. I, wait. I'm glad you brought up internal and external. I want to talk about the external. Because I think a lot of us, especially me, I'm confused. (laughs) I'm confused on, I'm quite sure that that football player that is a professional does not care about the opinions of the outside. There's no way in the world that you can care about John 0789733421 with two followers, has an opinion about you, you don't care. So my question is this. Do you guys care what people say about you on social media or what sports folks say about you on shows? Do you care? Yes or no? And if you care, how do you deal with it? I, I'm G- confused. G- G- what? That John 2.30.75... <laughs> Yeah. With two followers, yeah, can make or break an NFL player's day. I swear to you, they can make or break an NFL player's day. How? 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 Like, <laughs> I mean, you don't even know how. 
Life is good. And somebody said, hey, KJ, you suck. I can't explain it. <laughs> it's like the power of social media is real to some people. When I look at my phone, you got access to me. You got access to my spirit. If I post a picture of me making this play and only get 100 likes, I'm feeling some type of way as an athlete. If I put in this body of work so much in the offseason, so much film study, and you say I suck, that hurts dudes' feelings, G. I ain't, and, and if a player say that ain't true, you lying. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. You said if you got 100 likes, how? I want to write this down. How many likes do you need to make you that's feel? Just, that's just an example. It, I know, but if you got 100 likes, you're saying that somebody would be upset. Some dudes will take down the picture. If a fan write them, they'll block them. Wow. Gee. And it's like they got access to you. Mm. They're looking at you. I, had, I, I personally, so I played poorly sometimes. And I come back to my, to my phone Catch this, catch that, catch this. Cut them, coach. Get them out of here. <laughs> yeah, that don't feel good when you see somebody talking <laughs> junk about you. That don't feel good. As as the one percent in the world, as the best of the best, as much money as we got, as much accolades we got, we're still humans, G. Wow. NFL players, we still have feelings. Stuff still gets to us. Them trolls on Twitter get to some guys. That's just the God on his truth. And so, yes, that, that bothers guys. <laughs> and you know it too, G. You in this space too. I, I know. You in this space too. I know. You think everybody loves G. Scott? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Somebody just heard you say that and said, no, and they screamed. I, I could say that it's almost like like my wife, she gets more upset about when she sees people say negative things to me. And I bet you, your wife does too. Man. <laughs> I got a story. Okay, we love stories. Come on. This, this is kind of serious. Though. This is only a serious topic. Oh, okay. Serious topic. Um, during Black Lives Matter movement, George Floyd, you know, when he was, was murdered. This dude named Tawfiq. This man literally took my jersey. I don't know if he burnt it or threw it away, but he was calling me. I said, KJ Wright, where you at? Why are you so quiet, KJ? You got all your money, got all your accolades. We need your voice right now, KJ. Really? This man took my jersey. He burnt, he burnt it, threw it in the trash, did all kind of crazy stuff. My wife, my wife saw it. I went tripping. I'm like, who is this clown? My wife saw it, and she just got livid. She started reporting them on Instagram, telling my friends. I'm like, babe, what are you doing? <laughs> you bringing more light to this than it needs to, need to happen. So, yes, when it comes to the wise and when it comes to the scrutiny, the families definitely take it harder than the actual player does. I'm glad you just brought something up. I be getting mad at y'all. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I be... I be getting mad at some of y'all athletes. Oh, let me talk to me. <laughs> I get mad because I feel in my heart 
that some of the things that's going on in society, they do need y'all voices. And I go back to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, athletes of yesterday that put it all on the line. And because of what they did and because of their voices, here we are today. And sometimes in my heart, bro, I be like, man, I know all this going on. And some of y'all silent. And then I'm thinking, so are you silent because you don't want to mess up your money? Are you silent because you don't want to mess up your brand? I really think sometimes that there are pro athletes that remain silent and I'd be low key disappointed. And sure, if you follow me on social media, you know. You ain't scared. I ain't scared to say nothing. Yeah. And somebody asked me one time, they said, well, gee, you do realize that that kind of hurts your brand a little bit. Let me look at you and say this. If human decency and the fight for basic human rights hurts my brand, then let me keep hurting. Because it's a small price to pay for those that have come before me. And those that have come before me are the reason I'm where I am today. So help me understand why some athletes remain silent on real issues that we would love to have your voice on. Are guys scared of losing their money? Absolutely. Are guys afraid of hurting their brand? Absolutely. Are guys worried about what John 2.5 on Twitter going to say about them? Absolutely, G. And for some guys, they feel like, what is me saying going to do? The same problem's going to happen anyway. This is the mentality. Don't get, stay with me. Fair. What is me saying something, typing something on Twitter going to do? What is me making a public service announcement to go vote going to do? That's the mentality of some guys, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the realest things that I've seen in my lifetime was when a running back from Mississippi State, he said, I'm not playing this football game until this Confederate flag is gone out of the state of Mississippi. Gee, in weeks, we had a new flag. In weeks, we had a new flag. I'll never forget that young man for that. Yep. And um, so when it, when, it, when it comes to people paying other guys' bills, companies don't want that social justice um, connection with their, with their partnership. Right? That's just a God honest truth. And guys are looking at themselves like, man, I got this short window to make this happen. I don't want to mess it up. I'm just going to... Stay out the way and just keep it pushing. And this and essentially in dude's mentality is like this ain't my fight. That's that's the truth. I, okay. The folks that say this is not my fight, I find that interesting. Because when guys go pro, sign contracts, get endorsement deals. Though that money and that check is in their name. The problems 
and the societal problems that are occurring, they still got family back home. They got cousins, they got uncles, they got moms, they got little nieces and nephews, all impacted by the things that's going on in this country. So yes, maybe these things don't impact someone who is now making enough finances to be in the two, in the 1%, but your family, your loved ones, your friends, and all of them are still there. And that's why sometimes I just be wondering like, yo, well, what about them? And by the way, this is not a blanket statement. I'm not, this is not towards all athletes, but I'm just getting what's off on my heart mm -hmm. out here right now mm -hmm. to say, these are the things I low key get upset about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember George Floyd when that occurred. You know who was one of the first quarterbacks to speak out on that? Joe Burrow. Now, thank you, Joe. But why is Joe one of the first quarterbacks to talk about that? And I just really just sat there like, yo. And you go back in the day. I remember when Rodney King happened. I'm dating myself. Yeah, I'm a little older. <laughs> but man, the Bulls and, the, and, and Magic <clears throat> Johnson and the Lakers, they played that night. So we went on a lull and a pause where a lot of things weren't said. And I think things started back up again because it took the man with the afro, number seven, down with the Niners to finally do something. And by the way, he wasn't the only one that was sitting for the anthem during that time. Gee. But he was the only one that folks paid attention to. I'm not trying to go back. I'm just, this is a tough topic for me, man. Gee, listen. Joe Burrow could do that. Mm. Listen, G. Joe Burrow could spearhead that. And the other guys could tiptoe into this. Like, let me make sure the coast is clear. Let me make sure the mo the media momentum. Let me make sure I got guys that I could do this with, G. But when y'all are done with the game and the NFL door has closed, isn't it then that you come back out of it and nobody's really screaming your name and you get that feeling of, oh, it's almost like, it's almost like Superman 2. Shout out to the Superman fans. It's like in Superman 2 when Clark Kent, when he lost all his powers mm -hmm. and he had to go get it back. And it was like he was human again. Mm -hmm. And when he fought, he got hit and he bled. And it's like, do you athletes, when you guys are done playing the game, when you come away from it, do you start to see some of the societal problems even more because you're are away from that everyday grind mm -hmm. of winning championships and, and, and appearances and speaking and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Because when you're playing, you live in a bubble. Okay. I um, got my house, got this, got that. I'm in a bubble. And yes, we you're aware of it, but not aware enough to really go and make something happen. That's just the truth. And my question to you is, when you look at our athletes <clears throat> now, we look at our athletes now. Who are the leaders when it comes to that? Who's spearheading that message, that movement that we are we haven't proved, but we got a lot further to go. I think 
I think today I am happier with a lot of athletes that are using their platforms to speak on this. I see young men and women in high school, mm-hmm. whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, and when I see those things, man, I don't know. This is why I, I get a little sentimental because I'm I, I'm getting older, and I see that, and I'm like, yes. Yes, that's what we want to see right there. This young generation. And to the young men in the NFL right now, I see them using their voices. They're getting more platforms to do Mm -hmm. this. You know, you got the pivot. You got I am athlete. You got these brothers that's getting on there talking that talk right now. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Ryan Clark and what he does. Love the way he gets down with that. Even shout out to Stephen A. Smith, who does something every single day, and he uses his chance to speak. Jamel Hill, Mm -hmm. and what she does. So again, I think it has gotten better, but sometimes, I ain't gonna lie, when I sit back and I see some that don't be saying nothing, I be like, "Hmm." Where you at? Where you at? Where you you at? (laughs) And understand this, G. Everyone don't have the same passion that G. Scott has. Fair. Everyone don't has that same, I want to go make something. Everyone don't got that. And when Buddy called me out, do you, do you remember this? This is when we did our, I sat right there. This is when we did our talk on when, when cops pull you over. This oh, yeah, happened yeah. The day This happened the day before. <laughs> really? Yeah, and it was already do it, but then I found this man. I was like, on Instagram, I'm like, what the hell is this? Right. And so, and when it comes to, you know, just normal people, they are, they look at athletes like, man, you got to be the voice for the voiceless. You got to be the one to carry this message because people won't listen to us. If you say something, change will get made. And that, and as athletes, we do have that influence. I could call the, the governor, the mayor. Hey, let's sit down and have some, let's sit down and have a talk. Let's sit and have some lunch. Mm-hmm. We do have that power and influence. Just a matter mm-hmm. of what are we going to do with it? You don't have to answer this because I do truly believe in my heart that one day you will be a GM of a team, a president of an NFL team. I know that. So I'm going to ask this, and if you want to say, nah, I defer, then say it. The amount of NFL head coaches in the NFL right now. Do you think that there are, is enough representation of black head coaches currently in the NFL? Why? What can be done? Will it get better? Answer all of that. Where are we at not right now? Because we're talking about the NFL. And we're talking about what I believe needs to be done. I don't believe that there are enough black head coaches in the NFL. If you want to touch that or you want to leave it alone. Let's name the black head coaches. Black head coaches. We got Todd Bowles, Mike Tomlin, D'Amico Ryan, and Mike McDaniel. Those are the four NFL black head coaches. Out of 32. Out of 32. 75%, according to the NFLPA new report, 75% 75% of the NFL players are black. Four NFL head coaches are black. Is that enough? And if we don't want to touch this topic, we can move. So my question before I answer that question. Sure. Who is responsible for hiring these coaches? Owners. 
Owners and who else? Owners and GMs. Owners, G- owners, GMs, presidents. Presidents. Top top. Yep. Top, top. Yep. Now, you may get upset at me from what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Ooh. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I, hey, I, let me one more sip. This may be a cop-out. This may be, uh, KJ, you tripping? But when it comes to those people hiring who they want to hire, bear with me, G. Mm-hmm. I want someone that can lead my football team. Absolutely. I want someone that I can connect with. Okay. Someone that talks my lingo. Okay. Someone that sees things the way that I see it. Okay. When I hire a coach to run my billion-dollar franchise, this is what I want it to look like. And I don't think that I don't think that owners should feel pressed to hire a black coach. I don't. Would it make sense for the athletes? To have a coach they can connect with and resonate with and like, man, this is my guy. Absolutely. But they don't see it that way, G. They don't see it that way. They see the business. They don't see it from the bottom up. They see it from the top down. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense that oftentimes... Folks hire who they are familiar with. Folks hire who they can connect with. I think that we have a history in this country of that. Hence the reason why affirmative action was so important. But I digress. Um, so as we move forward with coaching, it seems and feels like, especially in college football, right? In college football, power fives, D1 coaches. For some reason, there's always the coach on the team that, hey, can you go and talk to them? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, hey. Even in the real, stop, stop. Keep going. I'm just playing. Even in the pros. (laughs) Hey, uh, uh, can you you go talk to KJ? Uh, I just want to make sure everything's okay with him. So for some reason... We always have on each team, maybe I'm wrong, maybe maybe in 20 years, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, we always have the coach, <laughs> the coach that is, you know, that can relate to the players. The coach that can relate to the players, but usually it doesn't, it's not a head coach. It's usually an assistant coach, and it's usually a coach on the defensive side of the ball. So what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to say is if we have a lot of those coaches, I'm just wondering if going forward, we will start to see more of those coaches as head coach. And that's what it should be. I'm not disagreeing with you on no, that No, I know you're not. I know you're not. That's what it should be. But you got to look at the person that's making that decision. Probably never played a down of football. Okay. Probably, you know, didn't play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Accumulated money from their grandparents. Mm-hmm. You, 
I feel like we expect people to think how we think. Yeah. They People are wired differently. I see this as this is my business. This is my baby. This is something that, this is my billion dollars that I have invested into this. I want a guy that I can trust, a guy that I think can get this job done. Do you think that maybe... Because if we go back to 1978, the late 70s, we saw Warren Moon not get drafted to the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. And then here we are present day where we saw three of the top four picks Mm. be black quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Bryce Young. Shout out to CJ Stroud. And shout out to Anthony Richardson, Mm -hmm. we saw that happen. So does, maybe I'll rest on this. Maybe I'll rest on and think that things will get better because we're starting to see that happen. Progression is happening. Progress is happening. It is clear that this needs to be fixed. And so what were we in? We're in 2023. You best believe in 2033, this number from four should be to 10. I mean, we... I think we got up to like six or seven at one point. I thought well, it we should be fifteen. I thought yeah, it, will yeah, be it will be better. It will be better. Fair. And so, the message cannot stop. Maybe, maybe, it, K, maybe KJ is a president or a GM of one of these teams during that time. Maybe. Ten years. How am I? Thirty-three. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, I like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, Anthony Davis. Anthony <laughs> Davis. All day. Inconsistent Anthony Davis, I love you, man. But just one minute you give the folks 30, the next minute you give the folks 11. Who is AD? The Lakers, right now, by the, by the time folks see this, I think the Lakers will have played again. But as of right now, it's 1 1 series. Anthony Davis does not come through. I do not want these Golden State Warriors to beat the Lakers. AD has played very, very well these last two months, G. One game? What you talking about? No, no, he gave us a trash game. Shout out to uh, Bubba Dub, who says trash. Um, he gave us a terrible game. Not in the Grizzly series. Yes, he did. Look it up. That's another thing we're going to look up. He gave you a 13-point performance against the Grizzlies. I think AD's just fine. And I think fine? I still got the Lakers win this series in six. Six, okay. Fair enough. Uh... Before we move, Denver Nuggets, I think they're the toughest team in left. Snooze, next. <laughs> Rookie minicamp. Mm. Rookie minicamp. We about to go see that. We're going to get to see the rookies. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the crafty pass catcher. I'm looking forward to Spoon, Devon Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward. And, 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 and in all actuality, I think the Seahawks have some great rookies. And also I found out they got like 40-something either oh, rookies come, or free agents. They dudes got come in. dudes coming in. It's and dudes packed. coming in to try to make a name for themselves. Dudes coming in trying to make the team. Mm-hmm. I didn't get drafted. Um, I barely got my phone called on, on draft day. Dudes coming in trying to earn a job. And OTA is just like 80-ish dudes on the team. Right. So there's a few slots left to come in and make the squad. And so my best advice, come in and 
Learn the playbook. Make a play. You got to make splash plays. Don't try too hard, but you got to make a splash play. Like, oh, this guy. Let's just keep him around. Wait, 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 wait. Let's keep him around. That's a lot of pressure, though. You keep, you, you to look at the camera, and some young men are going to see this, and you said you got to make a play. For some guys, you got to make a play or thank you. We'll call you. Yeah, we'll call you in a couple of months, see where we're at. You don't want that to happen to you. You want to be like, hey, just just, just stay here. We're about to do phase two of OTA. Just stay around. You just want to stick around if you're one of those bubble guys. So you better hydrate. You better drink your water. You better take care of your body. You know, like some salt pills. <laughs> know, know, know that playbook. Gee, before we go, mm. the season started today. You could pick your offense. It's 11 personnel. You got your running back, quarterback, tight end, three receivers. Who's your starting offense today? All right, here we go. Quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Running back, Brees Hall, Jets. You want to you wanna cut that out and say it again? <laughs> Did I say his name wrong? No, Brees Hall is his name. Is that, is that your guy? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. You know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. We ain't cutting this out. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of me coming up with some picks and me coming up with some opinions and then KJ flexes his 11 years of playing in the league. You know what? Maybe I ain't played in the league. Maybe I ain't played on the greatest defense of all time. That's fair enough. But I said what I said. And the reason why I'm picking Brees Hall is because I think he's a great runner. But go look it up. The dude is a pass catcher. He is a threat. And there's nothing like a linebacker like KJ going to cover that wheel route. And when that wheel route happens, it is a problem. And speaking of my guy Jalen Hurts, you know what's another problem oh, yeah, for the yeah, linebacker? That's fine. He's fine. You know, yeah, okay. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna try you on that yeah, one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm getting these linebackers tired. So Brees Hall said what I said. And my three wide receivers, I'm gonna take the entire wide receiver core, the three young men from the Seahawks, and I'm gonna go Tyler Lockett, who is the best captain in the game. I'm gonna go DK Metcalf, who's a physical specimen, and I'm gonna go to the young bruh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, them three right there. That offense is going to do it. I know you probably don't like my tight end, the George Kittles, but George Kittles is meat and potatoes to probably your Travis Kelsey salmon. My starting offense, we got the greatest of this generation, Patrick Mahomes, at running back. We got Mr. Do-It-All in between the tackles, outside the tackles, can run, can catch. Austin Eckler and my tight end. No one can cover this man. Fair. No one can cover. Thank you. Travis <laughs> Kelsey at my Z. Give me Justin Jefferson as my X. Give me Jamar Chase. And then my slot, give me Devontae Adams. Hmm. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs that will pout if they don't get the ball. <laughs> Good luck if they don't get the ball. And will they block as well if they don't get the ball? And if they, don't get, thing, if they don't get the ball, the man that's going to get the ball is going to score, so I ain't tripping. One thing about Tyler, if Tyler don't get the ball, he's okay. And matter of fact, if Tyler don't get the ball, you know what he's thinking about? He's thinking about the houses, you know, that <laughs> real estate deal that he got where he partners with the Seattle Seahawks. Who does that? Tyler. <laughs>